Chmai, and welcome to In Your Ears for 50 Years. I'm Gabby Salgado. This summer, KYUK is celebrating 50 years on the air with a summer-long special series where we will be looking at the last 50 years of KYUK. Over the years, countless individuals have contributed to KYUK. Time, talents, money, food, the list goes on and on, and it's all added up to who we are today the oldest native-owned bilingual radio station in the country. Each interview, each photo, each listener, we couldn't have done it without you. So, we dedicate this series to you and all of those that have come before to contribute to KYUK. Thank you for your trust, for sharing your stories, experiences, opinions, and insights. Koyana. Before we can get to the beginning of KYUK in 1971, we have to go back a little further. Before Bethel had its own public radio station, people could pick up the radio signal from KICY in Nome. One of those people was Robert Nick. As a kid growing up in the village of Nunapachuk, Nick was always fascinated by communications and radio, and he would grow up to become one of the founding members of KYUK. So what fascinated me at that time in my early, early years is... uh, uh, a gentleman who later became a good friend of mine, Fred Savak. He used to do Yupik news or uh, the dialect in the Manilak area, that area. He used to do the news in Yupik, in Upiak, uh, and through KICY. And then I used to listen to it every day as, as much as I can. I'd go home from my playing outside so I could listen to Fred Savak to news in Inupiak over the radio, over a little gadget called the radio. So that fascinated me, got me interested in uh, uh, communications through uh, technology, I guess, the radio. I was under 10 years old, uh, probably about six or seven I was six or seven years old when I used to come home from outside so I can turn on the radio and listen to KYCY at 5.30 and listen to Fritz Savak doing uh, translations into their uh, Inupiaq language. For the first two episodes of our series, we are going to be taking a look at how KYUK got started. In the first episode, we are going to be looking at what it took to get a radio station going out in rural Alaska, why it was important to have a news source, and what it meant for the region to have its own local public radio. We sat down with Robert Nick, one of the founding members of KYUK, who worked closely with Representative George Homan to secure the finances for the station. According to Homan, Anchorage wanted to divert the money allocated to KYUK for Anchorage so they could set up a studio there and send cassettes to Bethel. 
but they were fighting for local control and eventually funding for a Bethel public radio station was awarded. The amount, $620,000. My name is Robert Nick. I am from the village of Nunapichuk, Alaska. The history of how the radio station started uh, in the, in the, I graduated from high school uh, at Mount Eskimo in 1962, and immediately the same year before the year ended, I got involved in a local tribal government, and then I got involved in some organizations that I knew that uh, I could use to uh, to try to uh, m- mitigate or make better our way of life in our villages, because health care was very poor, and then education, was, school started, but uh, <clears throat> we only had to speak English in school, so those were the uh, the days that uh, I uh, uh, got involved with uh, our, our, our way of life and our, what I do, what I did what I have done all my life. But uh, after graduation from high school, the state had, Alaska had become a state in 1959. And then prior to that, it was a territory. And we had territory legislators. Jimmy Hoffman was one of them. And then uh, uh, Mr. Weiss was one of them. And then other regions had uh, legislators in Juno at the time too. And then I guess uh, there was gentlemen from St. Mary's. They used to go there. And then Axel Johnson was involved in those uh, years. I was asked if I wanted to run for the house. And then I was working at the time. And then I I was not. I, I did not accept. I didn't. I declined. And I was asked by Rick Christensen who would be a good representative, and I, I told, I gave him the name of George Holman. George Holman had been a PIA teacher in my village of Nunapichuk uh, for a number of years. When he first came up to be a teacher with Nancy, his wife, and their children, uh, our school in the village was a PIA school, so he. I befriended him and I became friends and we used to spend week, take weekend trips by dog team and then uh, camp out uh, through the weekend and talk about all the things that can be done to improve our way of life in rural Alaska. So uh, I convinced him to, uh, to run for the house and he did and he got elected. I was his campaign chairman. But uh, George Holman was... Uh, co-chairman of the Finance Committee in the House of Representatives, along with an Anchorage representative named Russ Meekins. And then uh, together, they, when oil sales and from uh, North Slope uh, made Alaska rich overnight, a lot of money came to, to the state of Alaska. So all all. The years of the state territorial days and the statehood, uh, they they had the money to do things that for us in Alaska. So uh, Philip Guy and myself were involved 
in a week-long work session in Anchorage uh, conducted by the Brookings Institute. Uh, and then all the legislators were there at the Hilton Hotel. For, so for one week, we talked about all of the needs of Alaska. And then one of the things that I said to him was communications, radio, some way that we can start communicating in the rural villages because uh, there's no way that uh, villages can communicate at the time. So <clears throat> when George Holman in, nine, I believe it was in, 1970, right about the time that we were very active in our land claims efforts, called me one time when he was in Juneau, that when he called me, he says, what else should we get for uh, your region, Yukon Kuskokwee? And I said, how about a radio station? And lo and behold, he had it put into the Finance Committee, and the legislature approved it. And then uh, money became available to start a radio station in Western Alaska. So that became, and then I believe that the station was uh, started uh, in 1971. Uh, and then uh, <clears throat> in Bethel, at the, uh, at the time housing, up in housing area, I guess one of the houses there. And then uh, the George Holman, and then uh, especially uh, George Holman, myself, and uh, Buster Richardson were um, talking, making plans and uh, for the radio station. So we were the incorporators and got incorporated. And then the, the hired an engineer uh, named Henry Eichnaub from Unilakit. So... Uh, uh, that was the start of a KYUK radio station. And by May of 1971, KYUK was on the air, despite a few hiccups along the way. The day KYUK was scheduled to go on the air, a part of the transmitter had just arrived. When Bob Tinkle arrived at Wien Airlines to pick it up, it was nowhere to be found. In desperation and sheer determination, Tinkle soldered together two cans and KYUK went on the air as scheduled. A couple of days later, Wien Airlines dropped off the missing part at the station. Apparently, someone had mistakenly stuck it in the airline's freezer. And then uh, well, we, the peop- people that worked there, at first I remember some names. One of them was uh, a person that whom I rec- had recommended to um, uh, people that I was working with at the time, uh, Levi Lott from Tuluksat. And then uh, Gabe Stone from Napakiak. And then those two, along with uh, Buster Richardson and others, and I believe Henry uh, got kind of involved. He was actively involved as an engineer. But uh, anyway, what I enjoyed about those days was uh, doing when Levi Lott and Gabe Stone were DJing, especially in the afternoons. All we listened to was country and western music, what we call cowboy music, all the time. So it was uh, popular music at the time. Uh, Early singers, we heard them, and then they started the news. So, and the rest is, I guess the rest is history. 
but I wanted to mention a few people and thank them, a few people that I know that were actively involved in the beginning in a radio station. Henry, Henry Ivanov was, uh, uh, became an, as an engineer twice, I believe twice, and then became a manager and ran the uh, operator at the radio station. And then others that were involved were uh, a gentleman named Jim Jim Koo, who's an Indian from one of the Indian tribes in Road 48, and then Andy Edge, Andrew Edge, was uh, uh, worked at the station and uh, others, and, and I guess uh, those who so uh, long-term involvement would be people that I know, would be John McDonald, and then uh, his wife, uh, Beverly Hoffman, uh, spent a lot of time to keep the radio station going. And then <clears throat> I want to thank all of the people that uh, devoted their time to keep our radio station going. There were times when uh, funding was an issue because uh, uh, it's a public broadcast station and the uh, majority of the funding, I believe, it came from the state of Alaska. And then, uh, so, but they kept it going. And then I was listening to Rich Trotto, which is uh, a household name for me at the time, and others uh, that were, were actually involved with a KYK radio station, I thank you all. And then reason thanks you all for all your work. And I want to mention some few few names here. My family, my immediate family. I'm the oldest of uh, Nick, oh, Nick and Alien and Nick's uh, children. There was nine of us. And almost all of my family members were involved with the radio station, too, in in Yupik News, in translations, and then uh, my sister, the late Margaret Cook, and her daughters uh, uh, used to uh, make me smile when they do. They look just like uh, someone from Boston or wherever, but uh, they spoke. We, my family made sure that we spoke our native language uh, fluently, so they sp- spoke fluent Yupik. So. Karen and Anna Hoffman used to do some epic, uh, I believe, translations in epic news and others uh, that uh, got involved. And I want to mention uh, uh, my good friend Peter Twitchell, he spent many years at the radio station leading and in the news. KYUK began to cobble together its team and delivered the daily news. Peter Twitchell was one of the KYUK's first translators. It didn't take long for Peter to catch on and build a career for himself. I'm Peter Twitchell here at KYUK, and I um, work on the radio. And um, I try to have fun as much as possible. It's been uh, fun these many years since the oil boom days and since KYK first um, went on the air here in Bethel back in 71. I like that leftover music from Friday, the 13th. But we've got a lot of talent coming up tonight. We've got Ivory 
and uh, we'd like to thank Friendship Air and Doug Larson up in Fairbanks for uh, tran uh, providing the transportation for the band. Right now we've got uh, no stranger to Bethel in the area, John Angayak. He's uh, got a new album forthcoming. It's uh, been completed. The album's called Family. All of the compositions are done by John, and um, I believe he'll do a couple of them tonight for us. John Angayak. My name is Peter Twitchell, and I'm from Bethel, Alaska, born and raised there. I recently uh, moved into Anchorage and moved up to the valley, Matanuska Valley, so uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm retired from work, but uh, sure miss working with people. Um, I believe it was uh, May 1971. I went up to uh, the Asha Housing, Third Road, where the radio station was built. And uh, Dave Moore was the manager, engineer, the guy who built the radio. And I talked to him about possibly doing some translation from English to Yupik, and uh, I was hired. Yeah, yeah, I went to the Asher Ash Yund on 3rd Avenue, and uh, it was just like a, a regular Asher house, and but it had uh, all this radio equipment in there. And uh, I was uh, assigned to uh, translate five minutes of local news, five minutes of statewide news, and five minutes of national news. Well, I did uh, translating, which wasn't very many hours, and then they added some radio time where I could play some records in the evening, and and it just uh, kind of uh, progressed to more responsibility. And uh, end of the first year, well, if I started in May. There was uh, so many months left in uh, 1971, 19, October 1972, um, I, I moved into Anchorage to listen to radio. And the only radio stations I was listening to were commercial stations like KFQD and the other ones. But I, uh, I wanted to learn more about radio because out in Bethel, we never had a radio station. I, I didn't quite understand how radio was supposed to sound. So I just listened to the Anchorage uh, disc jockeys and how they did things. Talk and play music and talk over music. And they'd stop talking and the music came, the singer came on. And I took notes of everything that was going on at the radio stations and filled out three hard notebooks about radio, but it was all commercial. I don't think there was a public station back then. But yeah, I, uh, I went back and I had a little more responsibilities. And um, in 1975, they made me um, operations manager for the radio station. I guess uh, from the 
training I got in Anchorage uh, helped helped my uh, delivery of you know uh, just uh, talk and music and that's one thing I learned uh, about music. Uh, there were certain uh, genre of music like country and western hours and rock and roll or easy listening and pop music. But in Bethel, I sort of mixed them all up. So you had a variety of sounds and that seemed to work best and people seemed to like it. So I did that. And then we went to a solid uh, country western afternoon and then there was oldies but goodies on Friday morning and and so on and so forth. Peter grew up in a Bethel where there was no public radio and no news over the radio. Instead, people read the local newspaper. The first newspaper in Bethel was the Bethel City News, published throughout the 1960s, which featured stories about local UFO sightings, curfew violations, and so much more. The Bethel City News was followed closely by the Kuskokwim Chronicle, which ran from 1971 to 1973 and went by the motto, All the news that fits, we print. Following the Kuskokwim Chronicle arrived the Tundra Drums, which began as a TV guide for KYUK, but eventually they became a full-fledged newspaper and spun off from their KYUK roots. However, with no local radio stations, people were left trying to get signals from stations elsewhere in Alaska, like KICY in Nome. Well, we got KICY. It was in a Nome Christian station. So we listened to that a lot. Uh, we were able to pick it up, and, and, and that, was, that was fun listening to all the modern music and gospel music was in there. And so we, we kind of, uh, you know, adapted our schedule to play some of that kind of music, like uh, the station in Nome. And uh, yeah, we, we learned more and more. We, we didn't listen too much to that uh, armed forces radio station that came over the land satellites, the White House satellites, how we picked up that armed radio, armed services radio, listening to uh, those hot jocks, military. And uh, yeah, it was, this was a more local founding station. It was uh, mostly native hire. I think Buster Richardson uh, got in there before you know, any other um, Caucasians started working there. But he was uh, he was married to a uh, local gal, and, you know, he knew the culture and traditions of our people, and he knew a lot of people. So uh, he sounded good on a radio station. He talked about different people and different... Uh, goings-ons around town. And he actually started swapping shops where you could call in, uh, tell the public what you had for sale or you wanted to trade something that was swapping shop. That was kind of neat that, uh, you know, Buster would do that on the radio. 
kind of got everybody involved and excited. We were a little quiet town, you know. Bethel was a quiet town. There was nothing going on, no television, no radio locally. So KYUK was accepted. It was welcomed by the people. They had their own radio station. You know, how how you uh, sound on radio, weather with the weather reports and, you know, the uh, road conditions, it was snowing or icy. And so a lot of that was adapted. And, and we just went from there. We uh, encouraged a lot of uh, UPIC speaking and leave my lot of ACAC or not ACAC. Tulkac, leave my lot from Tulkac was the first uh, radio announcer who uh, translated fluently. He was a very learned uh, UPIC speaker. And he knew all the traditional words and he was on there translating news. He, he did a great job. Over the years, programming continued to develop, combining daily news, call-in shows, English and Yuktoon programming, and a variety of music genres to create the unique sound of KYUK. The KYUK airwaves became a place where people could share ideas, information, and connect with one another, and KYUK relied on the community to help keep it going. When the radio station first came on, there was a certain hours you could listen to the news, certain hours you could actually listen to, uh, you know, the uh, they call in show came along and that was popular. People were talking on the radio, over the radio station on the phone and on messages. And there was one guy who, uh, told his family in the village, he called in and said, uh, here's the uh, combination to our safe. You can open it now. He gave us all the combinations to his safe. I don't know why he did it publicly, but um, it was a form of communicating with each other. We had a good laugh over that one because you never give a combination to a safe publicly. <laughs> But everybody heard it. <laughs> yeah. So things like that make it, made it sound local. And it was the people's radio station. And then we started having people come in and, uh, you know, play their guitars in the, uh, oh, next to the microphone. And when we got our production room going, we, we actually recorded them on reel or cassette and then played their music over the air. I think that's why it was so popular because people loved the gospel music and there were many people, many groups in the villages who came by the radio station and shared their songs and their stories. And uh, soon we had uh, elders coming in and telling uh, telling the young people how it used to be a long time ago. And uh, some of the, you know, the 
the codes, you know, of living way back then, respecting elders and some of the values. They talked about their value system and everybody could listen to that and learn from it. Perhaps uh, things that they didn't know or forgot was brought to them right there by an elder, like Peter Jacob or, you know, I could sit here and think about all those old people. They've all gone. They're not here anymore. But they really contributed to our knowledge of what, what life used to be like in the old days. And uh, that was pretty neat. For Peter, KYUK has always been about local programming. From hearing his friends on the radio to hearing his native language over the airwaves, KYUK is special because it represents the sound of home. Yeah, it was uh, good to hear people like John Active and uh, Utmuk, Lillian Michael. You know, I could turn the radio on in the middle of the night, midnight, and uh, there would be Lillian Michael down at the finish line or starting line of the K300 or other dog race. And, you know, she'd be speaking with the mushers and we learned who the mushers were. And and uh, people like that kept us informed. And that was what was so neat about the radio station. It was all local, except for uh, Garrison Keeler and all those other... Uh, productions that came and we played some of those like Unshackled or The Green Lantern or all the old shows, Figure McGee and Molly. I went around and uh, solicited funds from different businesses like Chuck's Place or the Wild Goose or AC or Swanson's and asked them to, uh, pay for these programs, and then we just say thank you to them at the end of the show. And they agreed to that. So we had uh, businesses donating CDs and, well, CDs later after the records, record albums. And, um, that helped us, helped us a great deal with the sound. We, we just didn't have a small library of music. It grew and grew and grew. So people had a variety of music to listen to, besides the local gospel sounds. This episode of In Your Ears for 50 Years was recorded by Julia Jimmy and Gabby Salgado. Catch us every Friday for the next 13 weeks on KYUK 640 AM, or stream the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and NPR One. Producers for In Your Ears for 50 Years are Johanna Yurick, Kristen Hall, and Gabby Salgado. The theme song was performed by Lisa Whalen, Bethy Whalen, and Andy Inksman of the band Blue Whalen. Catch us next week when we sit down with Bev Hoffman and John McDonald to talk about their experience working at KYUK.